Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand and affirm the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this once again privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted to heights higher than us and to break all burden and sin that binds us. May in this place be cursed all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression, destruction, ignorance, all of this, let it depart from the tents of your holy people. And stand, Lord, on the place of your rest, you in the ark of your greatness. And may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, and allow us to find your holy countenance. We thank you that this service is presented by our Apostle Arkady in your divine arms. And we ask you to continue to lead it with your high and uplifted hand, Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. May you be blessed. Please be seated. Dear brothers and sisters, dear Church, greetings to you, grace and peace to you from the Lord our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Let it be multiplied to you. I am very happy to be with you in fellowship. It is good when we have this kind of fellowship and we are united in one praise to God. I am grateful to God for this meeting that He has allowed us to come again to see you and together with you to worship before His holy, glorified, mighty name. With each day, we are drawing nearer and nearer to the promise of God that is given for the Church. Apostle Paul writes, Today, the day of salvation is closer to us than when we had just believed. The night is passing, and the day is drawing near. And so we lay aside works of darkness and are clothed in armor of light, being clothed in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Having used this opportunity, I want to also pass along greetings to you. I talked with other leaders of churches. We have churches in Russia from Tallinn, our local church. Our brothers and sisters passed along heartfelt greetings to everyone and personally to Pastor. 
Also from Leningrad, they had also passed along a heartfelt phrase and a heartfelt thanks and greetings to Pastor, and also from Crimea. We all listen to sermons. We eat of the living bread. And of course, we eat of this bread and we grow spiritually. I want to also thank my brothers and sisters that have served us, that had accepted us, that had shown hospitality. The thing is, is that next Tuesday, we will no longer be here. We're going to be on an airplane. So we're simply using the opportunity and I want to thank you. I want to ask for forgiveness that you do not have any notes available today. But this is as an exception to the rule. There are certain difficulties I have with reading, but this is temporary. I think that before us, there is a joyful future, not like the communists promised us. If Jesus has promised us, then this is going to be exact. All right. I want to share with you a simple understanding testimony. I don't even want to call this a sermon because we had lots of work lately. I was very busy. I was tired and I had no opportunity to prepare. And I thought that perhaps I will be allowed to hear, be satisfied by the word that are said and spoken by our brothers. The pastor said, we'll share some kind of testimony. And so spontaneously, I am going to, I meditated, pondered, and I thought, well, what can I share? You know, among the people they say, when something hurts, he talks about it. But we Christians, what do we say? Or what does the Word of God tell us? From the abundance of the heart, our lips speak. That which I ponder upon, with that I will share. And I want to also say that today, I am going to water that word that we have heard before. You remember Apostle Paul says, I, Paul, planted, Apollos watered, but God grows. And the planter and water are one, one whole, but each one will receive his own reward. Perhaps I won't share something new with you, but each time that we remember and are reminded of the word that we hear, 
we ignite in ourselves the pure meaning and we are affirmed in that truth. This is what Apostle Peter shares even twice, he says of this. And before reading this proverb, I want to make a small remark in the first place is going to be in Hebrews the letter of Apostle Paul to the Hebrews do we have Hebrews here or do we have Russians Ukrainians Germans Armenians the thing is is that Who is a Jew? What is a Jew? This is not a nationality in the general understanding of it. This is the state of a person. This is a foreigner. And scripture says that we are foreigners and strangers upon this earth. And of course, life is given to us in order to prepare ourselves to for eternity. And we must cherish this time that we have from the Lord. Hebrews, Scripture says, This is not given by blood, because this is not a nationality, but through the circumcision of the heart, and not the foreskin. And we will remember that in Christ Jesus, there are no Jews nor Gentiles, slave nor free, there is no gender, male or female, but all of us are one whole in Christ as his body. And we are members of one another. And Jesus Christ himself is the head, the head of this body. And I will finally read Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. The whole universe. So today God speaks. He speaks to us through His Son, Jesus Christ, through whom was created the whole universe. And we know that it was created through the Word. Scripture says, John writes, John writes in his message, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All that came to be came from Him, and without Him nothing came to be that came to be. It is a place of Scripture that contains lots of meaning, but provi Pastor provides us a more expanded version and understanding of this text, that in the beginning was the thought of God, the Son expressed this thought in His Word, and the Holy Spirit fulfilled this Word. Thought, Word, Action and it works together in union. And later on he writes, And the Word became flesh 
and the Word became flesh, and it dwelled with us in the grace and truth, in grace and truth. And furthermore, John writes, And we saw him, and we heard him. We saw with his eyes, we heard with his ears. This was the embodied word of life. This is Jesus Christ himself. For it was pleasing to God that in him, in Christ Jesus, there dwelled the full fullness of the Godhead, of God in the flesh. He had brought the Word of God for us. And furthermore, the 17th verse, the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ, He represents for us the Heavenly Father through His Word. And this Word, even today, is directed to each of us. And it today is filled, filled with grace and truth. But people understand it differently. Then, Moses, he was the leader of the army of Israel, the people of Israel, and many people that didn't obey this word that Moses brought them, they did not reach God's promise, that promised land, and they fell as bones in the wilderness. The same thing today. When Christ came, people rejected him. And even today, many don't understand him and incorrectly interpret his words, his teaching. Moses had said at one point, The Lord will bring you a prophet out of your brothers, just like me. Listen to him in all things, and whoever will not listen to the words of that prophet his soul is going to be cast out from among the people. So these are quite important words that were important then and today, that we can look into the truth of the Word of God, to the truth of Jesus Christ. Because today, many place the, many accept the grace of God in the face of Christ, but they reject His truth without understanding it and without knowing it. Jesus had said, Know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And these people say, We are not under the law, we are under grace. But the law relates to them, because many turn the grace of God into nothing they allow everything for themselves there is another polar opposite 
Аскаресизм. Jesus is not on that side or the other side. What does the truth ex ex express itself in? Scripture says, Your word is the truth. So it expresses itself in the commandments, statutes, and precepts of God, in the teaching of Jesus Christ. So he is this embodied word. Scripture says, He is the way, the truth, and the life. Nothing, no one can come to the Father if not through Him. And furthermore, Jesus says, My teaching is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. And whoever wants to do the will of God, he shall know of this teaching, if it is from God. And so, truth is in Christ Himself. In His Word, in His teaching, But how do we acknowledge and know His truth that makes us free from the authority of sin? This question remains open for us. I want to read one other place of Scripture. This is in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning from verse 19. Because some, having known the truth, how can I say this correctly? In quotation marks, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness and greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard Him and have been taught by Him, as the truth is in Jesus. This truth is expressed in setting aside the former way of life of the old man, concerning the former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. This is what the truth of Jesus Christ is expressed in. This is what is expressed our calling before God. And in this commandment or in this truth is expressed the commanding commandment, the foundational commandment. I think you might tell us, oh yes, we know this place of scripture very well. We hear it often from this place. Brothers and sisters, how in practice, how in action, how in life, The truth was embodied in us. We live according to this truth. Do we fulfill this word? 
or are we simply hearers of this word? Perhaps I'm asking a lot of questions. You know, place of scripture, again, James writes and teaches interestingly, an interesting place of scripture that we have. I want to also read it. This is chapter 1, beginning from verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. He observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, what kind of law is this? The law of liberty and continues in it. And this liberty is from the authority of sin, from the dependence of sin. And if he is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. These are important words. Each of us has a responsibility before ourselves and before God that the truth of God be embodied in our life, that we live according to this word, fulfill this word, so that we are not just doers but fulfillers of the word. And Pastor Daniel on Friday had talked about the school. Let's remember one of the one of the poems that we remember. Who is that standing back, looking back in the mirror? This is the wife seeing herself in the mirror. She says, "I have more of these friends, five or six." The little bear, little bear tells her, is it not better for you to transform? But this advice was empty. There is a certain essence in these words, meaning, when people hear the word, they direct it towards others perhaps, but they don't apply it to themselves. may justify themselves. But if we do not set aside the former way of life, we will never be able to renew our thinking. And if we are unable to renew our thinking, Scripture says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And if we can't renew our thinking, we can't be clothed into the new man. But we want to be clothed into the new man. We are waiting for the promise that is given by God to the church. We wait for it. But 
but only those who fulfilled this commandment will be clothed from embodied the word in themselves. And I want to read a formula what the old way of life expresses itself in, how pastor defines it. This is a system of values, moral and cultural, that is expressed in the rules and ways of life that are not in God, which a person has inherited through the sinful life of his fathers. The key phrase in the rules and images of life that are outside of God. You know, there are people in this world that are lawful citizens, that are disciplined well, culturally intelligent, and perhaps even noble, I would say, like Christians, perhaps even better. But they live outside of God. And this is the former sinful way of life outside of God. But we must make the decision to live according to the rules of God, according to His commandments, according to His statutes, according to His regulations. On Saturday, we had water baptism. There were almost, probably almost 20 people who were accepting water baptism. Made a covenant with God, had affirmed their righteousness. They demonstrated that they died to the former old sinful way of life and rose for a new life in Christ and with Christ. They live no longer for themselves, for the one who has died for us and rose, and to serve God with a clean conscience, with a good conscience. to have before God always a clean conscience that is not blemished or tarnished by sin. And this is important before God. When we keep ourselves in purity, in holiness, in blamelessness. But the conscience judges us based on the knowledges we have received. And if we are taught incorrectly, then our conscience will judge us incorrectly. And the conscience must be taught the truth, the blameless truth, which we hear in this church from our pastor. And this is very important. Because the truth frees us from the authority of sin. All right. That was rather a long introduction. Let's move along to the parable. Christ oftentimes expressed his teaching in parables because in parables there could be expressed 
the vastness of his teaching. We will open, or I will open for you a very familiar place of scripture, Matthew chapter 25. I think many even know this parable by memory. But we will respect the word of God and so I will read it for you. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But they wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding. And the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Surely I say to you, I do not know you. And I want to add that I do not know you as my bride. In our synodal version, this addition was not added. And for many years, like other people, this brought me to um, to be lost. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. And so let us pay attention to the beginning of the parable. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins. Have you ever paid attention? Why did Jesus start this parable that way? Usually he says the kingdom of heaven is like, for example, like a woman who took, for example, leaven and placed it in three measures of meal. Or the kingdom of heaven is like a fisherman casting his net into the sea. Here it's a little different. Therein the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins. And a question arises, well, where, when then? And what is it likened to? And when will it be? Have you never asked this question for yourselves? This parable is not in chapter 13 where Jesus taught parables. This parable stands almost separately, almost at the end of the book of Matthew. And this parable 
was spoken as a result or as a conclusion to chapter 24 when the disciples were astonished by the temple and had shown gold to Jesus. But he said, all of this is going to be destroyed. Then they asked him, what signs will, will it be that the end of the world is near? And he provided an instruction to them. And today we see all of these signs which Jesus had spoken of 2,000 years ago. He knows the time in the statute, that the time is near, the time is at the door. We stand at the door of our hope, at the door of the fulfillment of the promise of God that is given for the church. And we want to rapture it. We want it to be fulfilled in our lives. But for this, it is necessary for us to do something. And pastor oftentimes says to dedicate ourselves to God totally and keeping this total dedication through total sanctification, through daily separation from all kinds of sin, all kinds of evil, all kinds of sinful leprosy. In chapter 24, Jesus provides an analogy. How the days were in the days of Noah, people ate, drank, they built, they sold, and so forth, and they did not think about eternity. And the flood came and had destroyed everyone. The same analogy he brings up, like in the days of Lot, he says. People ate, drank, It's not written there that they did not, that they married. They had not marriage, but they had a destruction. And God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah with fiery rain. In this parable, he says, thus will be in the future. And he says, two will be on one field. One will be left, the other will be taken. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Two in bed, one will be left and one will be taken. And same thing here, we see that the kingdom of heaven is likened to ten virgins. There were five wise and five foolish. So five wise had entered. The groom came. They went out to the wedding feast and the doors were closed. But some had remained. The reason is that there was a lack of oil. Uh, before, I understood this parable completely different. And this parable was interpreted very simply. People say, if we are Christians, we are wise. If we live in the world, these are the foolish virgins. We have salvation in the people of this world. 
do not have salvation. Amen, brothers and sisters. And that's what the whole sermon was focused on. But why does Jesus present ten virgins here? One person had said to me before, is a Christian, he says, in in, Mus, in the Muslim culture, there are four wives that can be had. Is it possible to have ten wives then in Christianity based on this parable? I said, well, no. In Christianity, there's only one wife that someone can have. Because in the beginning, God created Adam and Eve, and that's it. He did not create four or ten wives for Adam. Why ten? Why, why two virgins? Why not two virgins? One wise, one foolish. But no, we see here ten. This is an image of holiness here. Ten is an image of holiness. Who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Of course, we know that the spirit of a person is the lamp that tests all the depths of the heart. So the people of this world can't have a bridegroom or a lamp. We are believers who want to become the bride of Jesus Christ. Because Paul says, I have betrothed you to one man, a pure virgin. But may your minds not turn away from the simplicity in Christ, from dedication to Jesus Christ, from faithfulness to Him. And so there were five wise and five foolish out of them. Let's take a look at how Pastor had wrote certain formulas out. Pastor. How he defines or provides a definition. The image of the ten virgins. The five wise virgins and the five foolish virgins are two categories of people each of which has same sovereignty or the same authority to accept rational and thought out decisions in fulfillment of the will of God and we know that to fulfill the will of God it is necessary first to know it and in order to know it, we need to not be conformed to this world. So to not be linked to the standards of this world, but to renew our thinking. Also, how do we renew our thinking? And someone let me know. Through hearing the preached word. And each time we hear the preached word of God, we renew our thinking. We are affirmed in that truth, which makes us free. We know God. We know the truth that makes us free from the authority of reigning sin in our body. We renew our thinking so that we can receive knowledge of the will of God, so that we can fulfill it. 
because all that is in this world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And all of this is not from the Father, but from this world. And the world passes in its lust, but he who fulfills the will of God, he who fulfills the will of God, dwells forever. He will live eternally. I would like to, in parallel, you remember, I read a place of scripture, I won't open it up, but very quickly I'll tell you about it. In Matthew, where it is said that not all who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who fulfills the will of my heavenly Father. For many will say to me in that day, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? do wonders, cast out demons, and I will tell them, Depart from you, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Workers of iniquity. Because they did this unlawfully. They did this for their own glory, for their own fame, for their own authority. And Lord says, I will not give my glory to another. All glory belongs to God. In this place of scripture is likened to Matthew 25, the parable about the ten virgins, that the doors were closed and that he answered them, Surely I say to you, I do not know you. Does it say here, Depart from me, you nurkers in iniquity. Here the ten virgins, they are holy virgins, even if they are foolish, but ten are their holy, loved children, of, beloved children of God. And we are not talking about salvation, but the rapture. They do not have friends with the world. They are not adulterers. As it is written, do you not know that adultery or friendship with the world is enmity against God? They do not befriend the world, but for rapture, It was simply not enough. We must grow into the full measure of the stature of Christ, into a perfect man. Christ will never take a bride that is too young. He wants to take a worthy bride, worthy of Him, so that she could be just like He is. And for us to grow in the full measure of the stature of Christ, what must we do? We need to eat well, right? When a child grows, when he eats, he sleeps. Then he eats, and then he sleeps again. The time flies, and we must... Scripture says, love the pure milk of the word so that you may grow from it in salvation. If we do not leave our assembly, 
if we attend church and if we do not violate the Sabbath of the Lord, we will grow spiritually. We will come to the full measure of the stature of Christ because Jesus himself, he ate the milk and honey so that he may, until he chooses to select good and reject evil, to live not according to his will, but to live for God. Because if we want to dedicate ourselves to God, we must become servants of the Lord. And the servants don't live according to their own will. He fulfills the will of the Master and does this with joy, with desire. He wants to please his Master. And if we live like this, in purity and holiness, blamelessness, pleasing God, then we can receive receive that testimony that Enoch had received before. Why did God take him? Because scripture says, because he received evidence, testimony that he pleased God and God took him. We also want to be raptured alive into heaven. This is what our pastor had revealed to us. One other testimony. Many years I had pondered, Pastor talked about rapture, about the morning star. We previously had read the book, The Light of the Morning Star, and I talked about this parable to another person, that this is for the believers and not believers or unbelievers, and he said, well, who told you this? Arkady? He says, don't tell anyone this or you're going to be laughed at. At that time, I didn't know what to answer him. I said, those that laugh last will laugh. I didn't want to argue with him or anything. But today we are immersed into this parable and understand that we must pay a price in order to receive that great promise at the door of our hope. Let's look further. We must know the will of God. What is the will of God for us? Good, acceptable, and perfect. The foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Here is the difference between the wise and the foolish. This is the category of Christian people. And there are many of these people. I was also the same, ignorantly. And when people hear the word of God, they interpret it with their own intellect. They don't have revelation of the Holy Spirit, revelation from God. What spiritual meaning and what spiritual essence is contained in these words? And people interpret for 
for themselves, understand it in some way or another. And here we should take another set of notes of pastor. Let's make a small remark. How people received oil or prepared it for themselves. And I want to take you not to a factory. There were oil is prepared. There where there are machines. Let's return to the older days where each family prepared oil for themselves. What do they do? They gathered the tree, the olive tree, in a vessel. They closed it. And they begin to shake them. And for a long time. This is this was a long process. And when the, they begin to shake the vessel, they begin to drip oil from them. What does this tell us of? I think I ripped off too many pieces of paper at once. I apologize. I will look here. All right. Oh, this oil. What is oil? Let's look at how Pastor gives us a definition. Oil in the heart of a person means the two instances that stands before the God of all the earth. This is the truth of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit who uncovers this truth in the heart of a person. As we know, this is Thumim and Urim. Before, Pastor said Logos and Rema, the living word. How can we obtain this oil? The oil symbolizes the preached word of truth that is anointed by the Holy Spirit. How can we be supplied with this oil? so that our vessel can be filled with oil. We can receive this through hearing or our immediate fulfillment in obedience to the preached word of those people who are anointed by God. And to be the lips of God and to be sellers of His promise. So we receive oil when we ponder upon the Word, when we accept the status of a teacher. And here to be sellers of His promises. Strong Word. Scripture says, 
that not one promise of the Lord we can't receive without these people. They are sellers of this of this oil. All the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes and amen to the glory of God through us as Apostle Paul. Through him and his helpers. I've met with these people. They don't understand the message of the apostles, not just Apostle Paul, but other apostles. They set them aside and they say, well, these are simply letters. Romans chapter 4 Romans chapter 2 Apostle Paul says these words in that day when according to my words God is going to judge through Jesus Christ God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. He was sent by the Holy Spirit, empowered and anointed to this services, and God was with him, and the Holy Spirit gave him that revelation that the church had a need of. And so we must not neglect today's apostles because Jesus passed on his powers and authority to the apostles. And today in the church we have apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, the fivefold mysteries, fivefold ministry to bring the church to perfection so that she may grow in the fullness of the stature of Christ into a perfect man. So without these people, we can't gain oil. We can't become these wise virgins. And to accept the word of truth in the format of oil in the vessel of our spirit, we need to pay a certain price. It is necessary to fulfill two conditions I wrote here, perhaps even three. First, we need to accept the status of a certain church that is the mother to us all. This is the Church of Jesus Christ, the true Church of Jesus Christ, as a virtuous wife, in the dignity of narrow gates and a narrow path, in following after the Lord, fulfilling our salvation, because there are wide gates and a wide path that lead to perdition, and many walk along this path. And there are also narrow gates and a narrow path that leads to eternal life, and very few will find it. And I want to also note here that these words Jesus spoke not to the world. He said these to the people of Israel. He said, I have come to my own, 
My own did not accept me. I came to save the sheep of Israel. So this word is turned not to the people of this world, and many Christians fall, follow along the wide path into perdition, thinking that they are serving God. Brothers and sisters, the narrow path, the narrow gate, a narrow path, there is no place there for the old man. Along this path, we can go dedicating ourselves to God, pleasing God, practicing and fulfilling righteousness before God. Second, it is necessary in this church to accept the seller of the word. In the face of a person clothed by the powers of the fatherhood of God and his helpers. So we need to be a disciple. And let's remember the dignity of a disciple. Do you know this well? Three aspects. First, accept the teacher and acknowledge the teacher. When I heard the word, the first cassettes, I had my own baggage, I had my own understanding at that time, and here this person is speaking, and inside I understand that this person is speaking the truth, that he is speaking as one who has power, and not like the scribes and Pharisees. He answers for his words, and each of his word, he verifies it with the place of Holy Scripture. I was, I was astonished, stunned, and a lot I didn't understand, and this held me cautiously. And I began to fast and pray for the Lord to reveal to me and open, is this a man of God, or where we fall again into some kind of delusion? And the Lord opened to me. You remember when Pastor had shared before that some people opened, placed a finger in the Bible and read, we were taught this way. What would the Lord say? You open the Bible, you place your finger, and you read. So as an exception to the rule, uh, God answered to me in this way. Well, how to teach a person if he hasn't been taught any other way and he knows no other way? I open the Bible, place a match, take a match, and place my, place my finger there. And it says, am I not an apostle? Have I not seen the Lord, Jesus? If I'm not an apostle to others, I'm an apostle to you. And the match lit out. Match went out, and I sat in darkness, and I said, wow, is this how the Lord answered me? I had loads of questions. Doesn't say directly, this is an apostle, this is a false apostle. Am my an apostle, have I not seen the Lord Jesus Christ? For me, this was like a thunder from heaven. I was I was assured that this is the man of God. And when you have this inner testimony, then you are going to stand firmly and immovable when you hear reproach and negative information in his address. I have heard this information many times, but this revelation held me, and I knew that this is the man of God, 
and he must be listened to. And so, knowledge of the teacher. We must all have this revelation. How many people left us because they were not affirmed if this was the man of God or not? They had their own interpretations, their own sympathies. But when we have a testimony from God, we firmly stand. Even if we don't understand something that He says, I think I will continue on this thought. But we accept this word. The second, first one, we accept that the teacher and we then must be obedient to the word of the teacher, to be doers of the word and not just hearers as we had read in another place of scripture. And one other very important aspect, third aspect, to reject our own thinking for the benefit of the teacher. Because many couldn't reject their own thinking. They remained with their own opinions, their own interpretations. And they left. All right, let us look at, furthermore, and if we desire, desire to use the word, but at the same time, do not accept the authority of the person through whom this word is sent to us. It is never going to transform in our vessels into oil. This was the foolishness of the foolish virgins. And I want to provide a short example. Our church service until nine. So what, I must end? Wow, how quickly the time flew. I've only read two places of scripture. What are we going to do? I wanted to share one more testimony. This was a bitter experience that was endured difficultly, difficultly in my life. Many people had left only for this very reason, that they couldn't accept the teacher. And so the oil, the oil, this is the means with which our lamp burns. It upholds the light. You are the light to the world. Let your light shine so that they may see your good works and praise the Heavenly Father. This was scripture I think is familiar to all. And so, light is produced by oil. Therefore, oil is our changed character. It is the fruit of our spirit. And if we have fruit of the spirit, then we can then give birth to Methuselah, he who banishes death. And this is the light of our lamp. And then people see this light when we have this fruit. It is a joyfully burning lamp 
that makes us alive to God and dead to sin. We do not have a right to be lukewarm, and we must not befriend the world. Another place of scripture. I know your works, you are neither cold nor hot, for if you were cold or hot, but you were lukewarm, and therefore I will cast you out of my mouth. What does it mean, I will cast you out of my mouth? We know that God is one, and there is one mediator between God. This is Jesus Christ. And He intercedes for each of us before our Heavenly Father. But if we are neither cold nor hot, but lukewarm, then we are coming close to sin. Who is going to intercede for us? No one. I will cast you out of my mouth. I will not speak your holy name before my Father. To be hot is to be alive to God. To be cold is to be dead to sin. To be lukewarm, the, the lamp goes out. This is a dangerous state. It is these people that are going to be raptured upon the morning star. And the life of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, will reign in their bodies. And only these people are the wise virgins and the bride of Jesus Christ. A burning lamp stands watch of our dedication. We dedicate ourselves to God and are able to distinguish what is good from evil. I think we will need to conclude. It's unfortunate that I did not have enough time to speak and share certain important things that I had written for myself here. Brothers and sisters, how important it is for us to ponder upon the word and to reject it, even that word that we do not understand. Because right now it is the night. A cry will sound at night. We don't know how much time is given, but we must be ready for all time. Because the night is not just the time. Night in Scripture symbolizes a time between the rapture to the coming of Christ. So from the rapture of Christ to the coming of Christ. From the rapture of the church to the coming of Christ. And in the night, we can know God. We can speak with God. Sleep is a state in which a person is found in the dimension of time. And it can discover itself in the dimension of the Spirit. And in the night, a person receives revelation. Day unto day utters knowledge. And night unto night reveals day unto day utter speech and night unto night uncovers knowledge gives revelation and when we have revelation in the night the day comes and then this is passed on to others 
at night is the atmosphere and the place of the knowledge of God and His revelation when God reveals the truth that is kept in the heart of a person when we hear the preached word and when we don't understand it we do not reject it this I think idea was spoken on Friday but we place it in our heart as Mary had done this is wisdom the mother of Jesus had done this this is what the priest did they placed the breads on the golden table and this was the food of God but after seven days this was the fullness of time these breads were taken as food and new breads were placed before God this image this is what is this image for us this is that this is when we hear the word and when we don't understand it we place it in our heart for seven days for time for pondering this is the time for pondering upon this word and when the fullness of time comes and as we know time and limits are in the authority of God then God opens to us the spiritual essence and significance of this word and we begin to understand it we begin to eat this bread to live according to this bread and this bread is our spiritual food and this is the time and in this time we are able to gain precious oil so to summarize our time has come to an end and so to summary summarize I wanted to share certain other thoughts here but let's provide a summary to to what we have spoken about for us to be wise virgins and to have oil in our hearts it is according to this reasons that the five virgins could not become a bride of Jesus Christ and so the foolishness of the foolish virgins was that first Ephesians 5:15-17 therefore as a weak use that you walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil therefore do not be unwise but understand what the will of the Lord is what it is comprised of it is comprised of us gaining oil during the time of the night I did several places of scripture about night I think have an God did not place this that they slept in the night we know night and a child grows during the night he eats sleeps and we in the night also grow when we know God by taking this oil and keeping it for the time is near for the time that the doors They live in their cares, and they don't think about eternity. But life is given to prepare ourselves for rapture. Second, this is the 
They do not acknowledge the person who has the powers of the fatherhood of God. This is the second reason for their foolishness. Third, they neglect the church in the status of a virtuous wife that is the mother to us all. And fourth, they do not accept and they neglect that word of truth that was not understood by them. There will come a time and remember Isaiah, like rain and snow fall and they fill the earth, so is my word that is sent. Rain and snow, rain, the earth accepts right away. No, the time will come. This snow will melt, will melt and it will be bring moisture and the land will yield its produce. So we will not be foolish. Coins of our mind be guarded with the truth and our lamps burning so that we greet our desired groom, bridegroom, and to be his bride coinciding with him in all things. Amen. I desire all of us, for us, to come to this kind of state of wise virgins so that the doors will not be closed to us, so that none of us may here depart from you, do not know you as a bridegroom, do not know you as my bride. May the Lord bless in following after the Lord and in the fulfillment of our salvation. Let us uh, quickly pray. Our time has passed. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that we belong to you, that you have purged us, us with your, the precious blood of Jesus. We are not our own. We are purchased by the precious blood. We hallow you in our hearts and our souls that are the Lord's, that belong to you. May our life be fully and completely be dedicated to you so that we may live for the one who died and rose for us. We thank you for the church which you have given us, where we are able to grow in the full measure of the stature of Christ, where we are disciplined, where we learn wisdom, where we learn to reject evil and choose good, where we learn to know your will, how to please you, how to praise your holy name. We thank you for our pastor, for your apostle, who gives us deep instruction and teachings into which we are immersed and live according to this word. This for us is like a spiritual bread, like manna that falls in the night, and we then gather it and eat of it and we thank you 
for this manna, for this word, for this bread. We did not turn around and look to Egypt. We did not turn around like the wife of Lot. Because having turned around, we are not suitable for your kingdom. We want to be wise virgins. We want to become your bride. We want your promise at the door of our hope to come for each of us and to be fulfilled in our life. Lord, allow us to look only at you, at the author of our faith, and to follow you after a good, like a good shepherd. And if we are obedient to you, we will come to that promised goal. May your holy name be praised in each heart in our life. Your great and mighty name, our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us proclaim our manifestation now to him who is able to keep us from stumbling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory in exceeding joy. To God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, be glory and majesty dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.